there was this little thing called e-commerce. And what they did was they allowed Amazon to run that business for them when it was just a little thing. And you have to be very careful about the little things that you outsource that may someday become big things. Unbelievable. And man, they, they, they taught Amazon, they brought Amazon into the business. They made their biggest competitors. In Toys R Us case, they really created their own downfall. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Lomitech, and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel, and in media partnership with CTEC. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Today, we're going to be talking about the Amazon way with John Rossman, author of The Amazon Way and managing partner of Rossman Partners. John is the author of the Amazon Way book series, a former Amazon leader and managing partner at Rossman Partners. John is an expert leveraging the Amazon leadership principles to help others innovate, compete, and win in the digital era. John was an executive at Amazon.com, where he played a key role in launching the Amazon Marketplace business as the director of merchant integration and went on to have responsibilities for the enterprise business at Amazon. Welcome, John. John Rossman, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you? Michael, thanks for having me. I'm great. Doing great. Well, thank you very, very much for taking the time to be here. I'm, I'm really excited to hone in on your journey as an innovator and a critical thinker on, you know, on an enterprise level, on a global level, um, previously an executive and director within Amazon, dealing with some incredible enterprise clients like Target and Sears. And uh, now you're also an, you know, an innovative, I guess, coach or advisor to, to a variety of companies. You wrote a book called The Amazon Way, talking about some principles in leadership from Amazon. And I'm really excited to hear about that as well. John, walk me through, before we get into those principles, walk me a little bit through your career and how you end up as an innovator thinker. Yeah. So uh, I studied engineering in school. I was always interested in solving problems and in particular like integration. How do you integrate systems, data, processes, cultures, organizations, business models? Like the, it, I kept going up the stack from an integration standpoint. I uh, was at a small technology company early in, in 2000, and a former colleague of mine from Amazon said, hey, you got to come over and talk to us about an initiative we're thinking about. So after several interviews, I got the opportunity wow. in early 2002 to go to Amazon, help lead the marketplace launch um, in 2002. So today, that business is over 50% of all units shipped and sold at Amazon. So we launched the marketplace in late 2002. I ran that for a couple of years, and then I went to run enterprise services at Amazon. So we ran Target.com, Amazon, uh, Toys R Us, a bunch of other great brands. And I left Amazon in late 2005. I have to just stop started... you, John, and, and just share yeah. with you that recently uh, in the Stanford, one of my Stanford classes, we actually did a case study and we were studying, you know, the, how Amazon was working with Target on building the marketplace. And I think, uh, so, so now, I'm, now I'm matching the face yeah, with I, the I, event. I, 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 I'd love to see those materials and see kind of the uh, factual, uh, what fact versus fiction aspects of that. That was a complex relationship and um but i think it's one the lesson behind that between 
from both Target and Toys R Us is there was this little thing called e-commerce. And what they did was they allowed Amazon to run that business for them when it was just a little thing. And you have to be very careful about the little things that you outsource that may someday become big things. Unbelievable. And man, they, they, they taught Amazon, they brought Amazon into the business. They made their biggest competitors. In Toys R Us case, they really created their own downfall through that relationship. And so it's a it's a it's a interesting story of being careful about the future and things that may seem really small but are actually the future of the business. Um, Back then, did you have, did you personally have an idea, you know, of what's happening here? Because obviously today we can look back and we're thinking, how the hell did they do that? And, but, but back then, what was that like? Well, um, to some degree, yes, because all you had to do was do the math, right? So e-commerce at that point was, was growing at 10 to 20% a year, but it was only one to 2% of the business. But general retail was only growing one to 2% of the year. So you, you just had to do the math and you go, I don't know how long, but this is going to be a big, um, a big business. And the other thing like we intrinsically knew was it's a better customer experience. It's a complimentary customer experience. And over time, the, it's going to get better. The infrastructure is going to get better. The, the, the browsing experience is going to get better. We, mobility wasn't even a thing at that point. And, and so we absolutely knew that, that uh, we were the fox in the hen house, right? Like we got invited in to run this business, but we, were, we, we really couldn't believe that they had allowed that to happen. Right, and so just for the context, which is definitely important back then, Target and I and I, I now and I learned also Toys R Us actually contracted Amazon to run their e-commerce business. So, 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 so here's how ridiculous it was. If back in 2000, 2001, if you went to ToysRUs.com, you actually went to a branded Amazon website page. So, so, so they they wow. gave the whole customer experience. Uh, away. And that's how short-sighted that relationship was. Wow. Well, it's it's going to go down in history as one of those bigger plays that, that, that we all need to, to learn about. And, and now I understand also your fascination with innovation, because that this is a part of the story of innovation, right? It, it really is. And I think, you know, Amazon is I believe, the most interesting company in the digital era. And they're the most interesting company in the digital era for a few reasons. First is they have created the most complex but really well-integrated sets of different business models, right? They, they, they have the retail business, the marketplace, slightly different than the retail business. They have a private labels business. They have AWS. They have Kindle. They have the, their content business, multiple content businesses, but they actually are highly integrated together, both from a customer experience standpoint, as well as from an operating leverage standpoint. And Amazon is both a world-class operator and a systematic innovator. And it's understanding that those are two different playbooks. Most people go, oh, I'm a good operator. I can be a good innovator. It's like, the, the very things you do as a good operator typically squash 
being an innovator. And so the most of the work I do is, is with medium to large companies. And how do you complement the great business, the great operating skills you have with an, an actual thoughtful growth agenda and in an innovation process to be a systematic innovator. And so looking at horizon two and horizon three beyond your horizon one business models, that's the work I do. And it's fascinating to see when the light bulbs start going on of like what we need to do. One of the things that takes though, is that you have to be willing to, to not optimize for today's profitability for this quarter. And that again, something Amazon has demonstrated time and time again, they are more than willing to sacrifice this quarter's profits, this year's profits to to invest and create tomorrow's businesses. And that's again, another reason why I think they are the most interesting company in the digital era. And then the the last reason I think they're the most interesting company in the digital era is they're so crystal clear about how they do things internally. And so it's the the what they're doing is interesting to me, but it's the why and the how they do it that is the real story. They operate with the same mechanisms, the same principles now that they did when I was then was, was there. And so that consistency of how they work has allowed them to become a massive company without becoming a bureaucracy, without slowing down. And that is the story that I captured in the Amazon way is what's the unlock? How do we take some of these principles and some of these mechanisms and insert them into our business? Incredible. And so as you're sitting today with one of your small and medium businesses, and you're thinking through these principles, what are some trends that are coming up that I as a young entrepreneur can take with me on my journey as I'm thinking about operations, innovation, everything in between, you know, from your experience? Well, two consistent patterns, it varies situation, but two consistent patterns. First is gaining clarity of thought on what we're proposing to do. At most organizations, they, they develop a PowerPoint, they, they have a general notion of what they're going to do, but they're actually talking past each other on a number of important points. It could be the value proposition. It could be how we are going to test and evaluate something. It's, it's really the clarity of what we are proposing to do. Amazon has some great mechanisms, things they do to help get that type of clarity. And it, and it really starts with the, the writing skills, right? Writing narratives, writing future press releases, writing frequently asked questions before you commit to an endeavor so that we think through it so much better and that the teams that are working this and the decision makers actually have a simple and clear and consistent understanding of this is what we envision doing and how we do it. And then the second pattern that comes up is really in establishing our goals relative to, you know, either this initiative or our, our business in general. The 14th leadership principle at Amazon is uh, deliver results. And what they talk about is that we focus on controllable inputs to achieve the outputs that we want. Most organizations spend most of their time talking about the outputs, financial outputs, market share outputs, uh, other types of gains. What they don't focus on, what they don't get clarity on is the controllable inputs. What are we going to do 
in order to get to those outputs. And so there's there's a lot of tools that you can do. OKRs, objectives, key results is one framework that can be really helpful. But but most teams aren't willing to have the debate and spend the time in really carefully dissecting this is how I think I am going to achieve the output that I want. And so just slowing them down and forcing them to really have debatable um, moments of how we are going to achieve an output. Again, it's about clarity of thought before we enter the initiative, I think is one of Amazon's real superpowers and something that I work with a lot of my clients on. So how does one, from your experience, keep themselves in check as they're, you know, asking, am, am I being innovative? Am I, am I fostering a culture where I'm able to have these intellectual debates, whether I'm able to foster an, a culture where people can gain clarity and be very intentional about what they do? It sounds like that, that, that is something that Amazon has achieved, but how can leaders keep themselves in check with that? Yeah, I think one, one thing to do is really just have a portfolio understanding of your initiatives, the things you are doing. And if you think about a portfolio that measures on one axis potential benefit, on the other axis potential risk, and what most companies are good at is that lower left-hand quadrant, low, low risk, low reward. Essentially, these are the things we understand really well. And if we execute well, we know what sort of return we should get on it. What most companies aren't good at and they, 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 they gloss over is that upper right-hand quadrant, high risk, high reward. That's where you have to have a different playbook. But most companies don't even understand that there is a portfolio relative to your initiative. You have to recognize those upper right-hand quadrant moments. Those are bets. We think it's a good idea, but we don't know for sure. So the key thing you have to do is you have to test it, right? That's the whole minimally viable product, agile mindset. But especially in bigger companies, like their, 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 their whole institution is built around how to make things that should be small and testable into really big monolithic uh, requirements-laden, process-laden moments and projects. And so that's where we need a different playbook in order to make those really testable moments. So keep yourself in check by having a portfolio view of the initiatives that you're doing. Amazing. So the, the Amazon way, you recently launched the book. What, what are some other interesting case studies that, that, you're, that you're examining from you know, Amazon as a company that you know, I as a young entrepreneur can, can look back and say, wow, this is something really cool. And, and it's not really trivial to, to, to know that this is how they did it. Well, a couple of the things that, so this is actually the, the third edition of the book, pretty significant revision. Uh, Tom Alberg, who uh, was on the board at Amazon for 23 years, wow. he's the founder of Madrona Venture Capital, wrote the foreword for the book. So, so that alone is a worthwhile uh, short read, but he really talks about like these, these principles are real to Amazon and he's seen where they can be real to others. I wrote a preface uh, for the book and I really took it as a strategy exercise. If I were to make one recommendation to Amazon, what would the recommendation be? Mm. You have to understand where Amazon comes from. The past 25 years, they've been, they came from a scrappy, doubted um, entrepreneurial organization, and they still have some of that scrappiness in them. Interesting. They've, they've won the game, right? Like just concede the game to them. <laughs> I think they need to think about a new leadership principle that 
prioritizes other stakeholders, other than customers, other than shareholders, stakeholders like brands, like employees, like the communities that they live in. And, and change at Amazon starts with the leadership principle. So it's really, it's not a criticism. It's a, it's a strategic perspective for them because they do have things to address. In Bezos' last shareholder letter, he's pretty clear about one of them, which is, you know, we need to do a better job at the employee experience and employee safety. And he stated a, a mission for that. So they have some things to address. But they also there's a there's a narrative out there about big tech and they are in general losing that narrative. And so I think the 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 jujitsu move would be if you restated a leadership principle that said we are going to be better than the best relative to being a stakeholder in the community at whole. I think that would help reset the narrative both internally and externally. And um, and then I wrote a new appendix in the book. I've I've worked with so many companies on building their leadership principles, and so I wrote an appendix about building your own leadership principles. Again, what most companies want to do is they want to rush through it, right? Like, okay, let's have a retreat. We declare our leadership principles, and then they're off with it. You have to take time with these things. I always I talk about in the book. You have to etch them in jello, right? Create a draft, live with them, see how you really practice them, and then be willing to come back to it and revisit. It re- principles are about culture, and culture is about the little things you do every day that create patterns and create outcomes in a company. And that's what these leadership principles do for Amazon. So the key for anybody who wants to, to have a consistent culture of how we debate things, how we hold each other accountable, how we make decisions is you have to think about a practical set of tenets or principles or rules, whatever you want to call them, but then you got to practice them. You're not going to get it right the first time. And it takes time for these patterns, these tools to be replicated across your organization. Amazing. John, thank you so much for coming and for sharing your insights. And and uh, this really is closing a circle for me from, from that Stanford class. I, I really appreciate it. But I have a few more questions, not about Amazon, but about you. And I want to take you back to your childhood. And I want to know what really fascinated you as a kid. Well, I would say the, the, the things that had the biggest impact on me as a kid and, and fascinated me was I loved team sports. I, I mm. loved the nature of having a common goal and a group of people that although you knew that like the, the, that you had different roles, you, 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 you know, and different skills, you were there to achieve a goal. And I loved the, the practice, like the hard work you had to do in order to achieve a goal. And coaches, you know, my athletic coaches were really some of the biggest influencers in, 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 in my life. And so that was really the things I prized from my childhood were typically about the, the teams that I got to be part of. Amazing. And inspiration today, what inspires you on a daily basis? Well, um, you know, what inspires me, I like, I like being a practical strategist and problem solver still, right? Like I love not being the expert in the business that, that separation, the fresh set of eyes is, is, 
90% of the time a real asset for me. It's it, it, um, I'm working with a team. I'm working with a client. They have the expertise, but I have a, I have a fresh set of eyes. I can, I can ask different questions. I can challenge assumptions and I can step back and see things. And I love when, when we work together and we come up with a new observation relative to, you know, the business, how we work together, how they achieve. And so, so I, I, I am so fortunate to get to do the type of work that I get to do today. And, um, that's, those are the best moments when, you know, together you really have an unlock an insight that, that they didn't have before. Amazing. And what are three words that you would use to describe yourself? Um, I, I, I'm pretty energetic. I have a tough time <laughs> sitting still. So I like having variety, uh, in my activities and in the work I do. Um, I'm a strategist and I always try to approach things, not just from a short-term basis, but from a long-term basis. And how do you create multiples of wins and not just, um, a one-off win. And I think I'm a clarifier, right? We talked about kind of gaining clarity and a couple of my long-term partners have, they've always commented to me like, John, what you're always doing with a group is you're working to simplify and clarify what they're doing, what they're working on, what they're saying. And I, and I, and, and, and I think it's because I'm honestly struggling most of the time to like understand it myself. I just have to force them to say it in a right. simpler, more consistent, clear way so that I actually understand it. So I always say like, I'm the idiot test here, right? And, and we're not done until I truly get it. But again, that's the combination that helps make it effective. John, thank you so, so much. Uh, really, really interesting insights. And I really appreciate you coming here. And uh, thank, you for, thank you for the inspiration and continue making a positive impact with a lot of the companies you're working on. And, I, and I'm looking forward to reaching out for advice with my own company that I'll start on, on how to build a, a culture of innovation and be very deliberate and intentional about that. So thank you very much. Well, best of luck to you and your endeavors. And thanks for inviting thank me. Thank you.